When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of another Dolphins Podcast. February is almost over and there's plenty to talk about, but it doesn't really seem appropriate to do this alone. Merrick Brave, Joshua Houts, happy Monday, gentlemen. How are we doing today? Happy Monday, Jake. Happy Monday, Josh. Uh, you said it's the end of February here. I had to double check and, and look at the calendar to make sure it is 74 degrees in Iowa today. Um, you wouldn't be able to tell if you're watching on the YouTube. I am still wearing a hooded sweatshirt and drinking a hot coffee um, in the middle of the day. It is decaf. I am old. Caffeine uh, messes me up past noon. But uh, yeah, 74 degrees outside today in Iowa Definitely enjoyed my time earlier today, but now I'm on here with you two guys, and the day's going to get even better. It's 60 degrees here, and if you are on YouTube, I'm no longer wearing the beanie. I'm wearing a hat, so you can tell that it's getting hotter up here. Um, it is Monday. I wish we were getting ready to uh, you know, talk fan, uh, Monday Night Football, right? I wish Monday Night Football was going on night. I wish we still had football, but we don't. We have other things to talk about, so um, hope everyone's week started out well. Jake, how have you been? How was your weekend? How, how'd it go? The sun is finally shining. Dude, I have no complaints in the entire world. Uh, I wish I had a baseball team to watch because those those Red Sox don't really. eh, I'm a Pirates fan. You can't. I'm a Pirates fan. And what do you mean you have nothing to complain about? There has to be at least one thing. They'll complain about the Red Sox. And and how about we come? You know what I'm going to complain about? The fact that um, I don't know how, but I get emails uh, about the Dolphins all the time, whether it be a press release. There was a betting website that had Jalen Waddle trade odds up. So so I, I don't know how deep you guys want to get into this, but it just genuinely made me upset that I had to wake up on a Monday morning and get uh, subject line Jalen Waddle trade odds with um, the number one team plus 400, the New York Giants. So this is some deep down analysis <laughs> that these guys really wanted me to talk about. <laughs> now, could you bet that he would not be traded? What were the odds on that? So the the you actually can't you oh. it's it's they listed let me see here seven teams the Panthers plus four twenty five Cardinals plus five hundred same with the Chiefs Mike Tannenbaum baby he had it all figured out uh, the Bucks plus six fifty Jags plus seven fifty Ravens plus a thousand I mean Jalen Waddle will look sick in a Baltimore Ravens uniform I'm not I'm not gonna <laughs> tease that too much further but then the field you have at plus seven hundred so I mean. Yeah, this isn't happening. Why are we doing this? No, there, well, there's no chance in hell. I I wouldn't say there's no chance in hell. I mean, we've seen crazier things happen, right? We probably would have said the same thing about Tyreek Hill coming to Miami, Bradley Chubb coming to Miami. I just want to, um, I guess the thing I want to know is, what are the odds that Jalen Waddle actually does get traded? Right? Do you guys feel like that's gonna even happen? Yeah, absolutely zero. I'll give you no up to three, get- but I'm thinking zero. Well, whatever whatever angle you want to take on it. No, definitely not happening. That's why I wanted to know what the odds were listed as uh, if, if you could bet on whether he will be traded or not, because I'd drop some serious coin on the the not being traded. Is, is the Giants thing just because of the – wasn't Brian DeBowl the uh, offense coordinator at Alabama? Isn't that why we thought he might come to Miami and be the head coach? So does he have that type of ties with Jalen Waddle? But that just doesn't make any sense. I mean, that poor guy, if they, we send him off to – to, to Jersey to live and to catch balls from Daniel Jones. I mean, oh man, that poor guy. To catch? He ain't catching anything. I don't care how good Jalen Waddle is. Those things are, are not going towards him whatsoever. Bounce right off his body, right? Right off his body. <laughs> Merrick, I got to ask you, what would you do? You know, you're just, it's like Thursday night, you're getting in, settling into kind of uh, watch a movie or something. And, uh, you know, you, you sit down, you lean into your leather couch and you notice there, there's something back there and it kind of, has you feeling a little uncomfortable. So you're sitting there, you reach back into the couch and you're digging around. Oh, there's $15 million sitting here. What, what would you do with that money? Oh, that, that'd be uh that'd be a nice surprise. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, I would, um, 
I don't know, probably give the middle finger to all of my enemies. Yeah. You know? right. <laughs> like just just things that, that, that rich people get to do. They just get to piss other people off with no consequence. Um, so I would probably do that first. If you're asking what I would buy, I don't know. Maybe a mansion and a, and a crazy cool car and a boat and a cool vacation. And uh, It wouldn't be Andrew Van Genkel? That wouldn't be your purchase? Oh, I got to buy a player with it? No, that's what. No, no, that's where you were going with. It. I'm sitting here thinking, oh, now I got to shift to a minivan. I, I was going to divvy this thing up between Chris. You don't need a minivan, Josh. You need like a Cadillac Escalade or something like that. No, man, we're fitting into a Nissan Rogue right now to go to school, and it is it is Ooh. pinched in the back, man. It's like a sandwich. So clown I'm car. Spend it on that, but it, yeah, and then I get out looking like this. It is definitely a clown car. I just would, but but I would definitely. I mean, I would try to find a way. I mean. Where, what are you going to do with it, Jake? I mean, I don't want to spoil anything that anybody else was going to say, but I would find a way to try to find a way to pay Christian Wilkins. But I tweeted out today. I mean, we talked about it on a previous pod. Robert Hunt should be that number one priority as far as who you need to bring back this season because I'm um, looking at that offensive line. I mean, we got what, like we said on a previous pod, Teron Armstead and then a bunch of guys with Liam Eikenberg being one of those guys, Austin Jackson. No disrespect to Austin Jackson. You can tell it's February, let's say what, this news dropped on, it was a Friday news dump, I'm, I'm fairly certain, so February 23rd, um, headline, an unprecedented salary cap increase. Boys, you better check your pulse if you're not fired up here, because we're talking cap space, team spending is increasing by $30 million in 2024, thank you Taylor Swift, it was originally projected to be about $240 million. That's an extra $15 million that suddenly the Dolphins are going to have to work with. I think a lot of this is deferments from the COVID year. I'm not going to try to sound smarter than I really am. We're going to say that it's a COVID year bounce back, uh, long story short here. But guys, first and foremost, the Dolphins do have $15 million here, and it's not really anything we are budgeting. So it does kind of feel like found money. But how do things kind of change, or how does your perspective um, get warped when you consider the Dolphins weren't the only team to find $15 million here. It was there, there are 31 other franchises who all of a sudden are thinking, we have a little bit of extra money to spend, whether it's giving a single player that big raise or adding some depth pieces. Every team's mindset has changed slightly. Yeah, you're right, Jake. The Dolphins weren't the only team to get the additional cap space here. Um, and, and I think this will have less to do with Signing, you know, a big name free agent, a big ticket free agent, making that splash signing that Stephen Ross, you know, lives by each and every offseason. I think where this will help the Miami Dolphins is with Christian Wilkins coming back, whether that's an extension or more likely now the franchise tag, because the franchise tag numbers didn't go up just because the salary cap did. The franchise numbers stayed the same. So when you were trying to fit in, what is it for Christian Wilkins, 2022, 20, 23? I've been saying 20 for safe math, but yeah, 22, 23. Yeah, somewhere in there, right? If you're 40-something or $50 million over the cap, that number is hard to swallow. It's hard to figure out how you're going to fit the franchise tag number for Christian Wilkins at a D tackle into your budget. You know, the teams are working on a budget here. That's what the salary cap's all about. But like you said, Jake, all of a sudden the Dolphins woke up late last week and they had an additional $15 million to spend. That makes swallowing a 20 to $23 million cap hit for Christian Wilkins. It makes that a lot easier of a job to do. So I think Christian Wilkins ain't leaving this offseason. I completely did a 180 on that one. I thought he was as good as gone until they released those cap numbers. And now I'm looking at it and I'm going, I think we can make this work. I think we can make this happen. I think he will get the franchise tag. And I think he plays as a Miami Dolphin in 2024 because of this salary cap increase. You know, let's be honest. No one wants to see Christian Wilkins anywhere else other than Miami. So if this is the way that we get Christian Wilkins back this season, I'm all for it. We do have to mention, you know, with the salary cap going up, these players are probably going to want more money on the open market. So that might impact this a little bit. And I was going to be the Debbie Downer and say that 15 million basically pays for the rookie draft class. Right. So, um, you know, that's later down the road that you're going to be looking at that, but um, to get that $15 million that we weren't anticipating when we came into this, what, 42, $45 million over the cap, um, sign me up for that. I do hope they find a way to get Christian Wilkins locked up because um, whether it's a franchise tag, whether it's, you know, a two or three year deal, whatever it is, 
again, no one wants to see Christian Wilkins line up on a different team, even though um, I think we've all braced ourselves for it to happen. So Miami went from roughly 55 mil over the cap to 38.5 mil over the cap. Um, Merrick, you hit the nail on the head there where it does kind of seem like um, I was ready to hang up and listen, Chris Greer, if you're sitting there 55 mil over, you want to find me another 20 mil to keep Christian Wilkins when the new year, the new league year begins, go ahead and do it. But I mean, there was a time even before this money was found, you were starting to kind of lean in that direction of keeping Wilkins and, Man, it, it seeing something like this, it not only kind of indicates that that's a possibility, but I also wonder if it means they won't have to pinch that extra penny. Maybe someone like a, a Jerome Baker, maybe you're going to try to cut him or renegotiate a contract. Maybe that's not necessarily something you have to do anymore. And the Dolphins, they have the, I think the second fewest players on the roster going into 2024. They're floating high thirties, early 40 or uh, lower forties right now. You do wonder that they're going to get some conversations about, Yes, we could cut someone to save money, but is it suddenly a a good idea just because we're going to have four mil, but we lose a starter, we lose depth, we lose continuity? Those are big issues. Yeah, absolutely. And you saw the Dolphins already make some some cuts or announce some future cuts with Emmanuel Ogba uh, being released and then uh, the the news leaking that Xavier Howard would be designated as a post-June 1st cut um, at the beginning of the league year. So they do already have a couple holes to fill. You know, we can't forget that Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb will be starting the season injured most likely. And now you've opened up another hole by getting rid of Emmanuel Agba. So we got some room to do or some work to do there, but now you get a little bit more wiggle room to get it done. Um, I, I, I definitely think um, Christian Wilkins, Wilkins, like I said, coming back is, is more of a done deal, but even if he doesn't play for the dolphins in 2024, Getting this extra cap space allows them extra time to franchise tag him and then possibly trade him if that's the route that they want to go because they want more draft picks or they don't see uh, working out a long-term deal with Christian Wilkins. They don't see that in the cards. It gives you some flexibility. It gives you some options to where you can tag him. And if you're forced to keep him, you absolutely can. You can play him. You have a whole nother year to work out a contract with him if that's your the, the avenue you want to go down. But it also gives you extra time to, like I said, tag and trade if that is an avenue that you want to go down. Because we talked about this, I believe it was last week, Jake, maybe even the, the week prior, how that's kind of a, a, a pie-in-the-sky scenario for the Dolphins, or it was with the old cap number. Because you have to tag Christian Wilkins and then trade him very, very quickly to get under uh, that salary cap limit. Because you have to be under by the start of the league year. But waking up with $15 million extra in your pocket allows you to explore those options and kind of drags this saga out a little bit. Which, great for us podcasters, we can rehash this topic over and over again over the next however many months. But I, I do think it opens up some different doors that maybe would have been closed prior to the salary cap being raised as it just was. Well, yeah, let me first just say spoiler alert because you brought up Xavier Howard and Emmanuel Agba, and I did want to pump the brakes because when we did the um, F, Mary and Kill podcast, I believe I said I wanted to um, franchise tag Christian Wilkins and everyone, well, I think Merrick immediately jumped to trading him. I never wanted to trade Christian Wilkins if I franchise tag him. If you franchise tag him, you find a way to have him play. So um, I know Jake said that you were all for him sticking around, but I think that may have been something that I foresaw a few podcasts ago. But either way, man, I mean, you don't want Christian Wilkins to walk for nothing, right? You can get compensatory picks. You can get draft picks if he walks for a team that has that money. But if you're franchise tagging Christian Wilkins, I'm perfectly fine with him playing because, again, it's not our money. And we see other teams find a way to keep their superstar players why can't we in these windows that are slowly closing? Because let's be honest, guys, um, we can look in the mirror and sit here and say the Dolphins are in a good spot, but two, three years down the road, we have a full re- rebuild on our hands if they continue to kick this can down the road. So I um, hate to be a Debbie Downer, but our window is closing. And if you're going to have Christian Wilkins around, that's going to make that defense much better with a guy that was came from Baltimore coaching that defensive line. After eight seasons, Xavier Howard is no longer going to be a member of the Miami Dolphins. Drafted in the second round of the 2016 draft. Merrick, let me ask you, who were Miami's two starting cornerbacks in 2016? Let me hear it. 2016, I believe, oh man, I think we had uh, Brent Grimes. Nope. Uh, Byron Maxwell. Tony Tony Lippett. Was Tony Lippett there? Nailed it. You got Tony. We got there. 
Josh, you can't you can't give me any more of the no put me on the spots if you're gonna hit me with a Tony Limit lip, uh, if you're gonna hit me with a Tony Lippet over the back of the head, you can't say that. How about who started eleven games for them at cornerback in twenty seventeen? Yeah, I got nothing. That's not who, who's the Wilson that we always talk about. I, I'm two thousand seventeen. Yeah, I'm, I'm losing. I'm losing time. Yeah, two thousand seventeen. I don't know who was it. Mary, any guesses? Ultron Werner was on that team. Oh my God, um, uh, uh, Jay Cutler. Keep, til- <laughs> keep Talib. <laughs> he he was a fourth round pick. I'm fairly confident. I should look that up. But I'm fairly confident he was a fourth round pick. I can't believe he started this many games in 2017. Back when they used to play their rookies? Cordrea Tankersley. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. Man, uh, wow. you're you're bringing out some names. Was was that – who was the receiver we drafted that year that everyone thought he was going to be really good? What was his name? Gosh, I'm losing it? touch. It, it's not Leonte Carew. That's a different year, right? I, 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 I don't think it is. It is Leonte Carew. Rutgers, right? I think so. What was that, 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 that powerhouse school for receivers, Rutgers. I, yeah, I tried to uh, try to convince us that he might actually be something. I can't. That's mm. sad that I know those guys. Mm. We've, we came uh, a long way. We came a long way. Yeah, we've been drugged through the mud a, a time or two as Dolphins fans. We haven't had a lot of great players to sit there and really root for, especially, you know, Xavier Howard spending eight years in Miami. In the NFL, that just – Sounds pretty bananas when you think about it. But, I mean, eight seasons, 29 interceptions, the most since 2016. And I do got to say, it was exciting to see Xavier Howard, people forget, led the league in interceptions not once but twice. Um, I think it was with uh, in 2018 and 2020. I think 2018 he even missed a couple games at the end of the year. I believe they shut him down. Otherwise, I think he would have won that title on his own. Uh, two-time All-Pro, four touchdowns, a four-time Pro Bowler. Uh a real, real, like, hit-or-miss player. And I, I do not mean that to be any sort of slight of X, but it just seemed like he was one of those guys who was going to take some of the uh, greatest risks on the football field, and it seemed like nine out of ten times he came out on top. I mean, what was his breakout game? Was it Tom Brady uh, yes. wearing the throwbacks, I think it was? That yep. was the one game. I Who did he moss? Didn't he moss someone in that game with an interception? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, he, he did. I remember Brandon in the corner Cooks. of the end zone. Brandon Cooks, yeah. I think. That was so cool. I got copyright flag because I posted that for his uh, birthday and I had uh, a 50 cent. It's your birthday. And every time I go back to try to post that video, it keeps getting copyright flagged. So 50, (laughs) don't come at me. We don't make that much off this podcast. Please, God, do not sue me and my family. And that's the thing about X, right? He's an all-time great Dolphin. Uh, Certainly one of the best Dolphins of the last, you know, eight years since he's been with the team. Maybe the best Dolphin over the last eight years, you know, talking cumulatively. But I don't think Chris Greer and the Miami Dolphins are doing the wrong thing by letting Xavier Howard walk this offseason. I think when you look at the cap hit that, uh, you know, he he was going to cost the team this offseason, this upcoming season, I just don't think his play over the last year, maybe two years, was worth it. I feel like he's actually created more human lives than turnovers over the last couple seasons. If, if the, two, the rumors on, uh, on Twitter are true, can anyone confirm or not? Maybe a tie. They don't it, track it could, that on ESPN. I couldn't tell you. It could be a push. They, they track that on what's what? the EPA though. What's the EPA though. That would be uh, astronomical, right? <laughs> but uh, Xavier Howard, great football player. Um, probably has another year or two of good football left in him. But it's the old Patriot way, right? That's how they were able to stay on top for so long is they got rid of players a year early rather than a year or two late. And honestly, we may be getting rid of him a year or two late at this point. You know, he had that holdout a couple years ago and the the contract extension. That turned out to be a pretty raw deal for the Miami Dolphins, all things considered. But it doesn't take away from his greatness on the football field for the Miami Dolphins over the past eight years. And uh, happy trails to you, Xavier and Howard, and we wish you the best wherever you're going, unless you're going to New England, uh, New York, slash New Jersey, or Buffalo. It's definitely bittersweet. It does sound like he has um, you know, ties to Houston, so I would like to see him go there with D'Amico Ryan. How sick would that be to see him um, with the Texans? But this isn't something that we kind of 
you know, it's just coming out of nowhere, right? We kind of foresee this happening. I kind of go back to even the Byron Jones uh, when we brought him in and signed him. I think I probably, you know, there was a podcast or something that said, you know, maybe this is a way to eventually, you know, take over for Xavier Howard because he is getting up there in age because he was, you know, one injury after another. That didn't work out. You know, now we have Jalen Ramsey. I think even when we signed him, we all kind of thought, okay, Ramsey's coming in. You're now kind of replacing X later down the road. So that's where it is. I mean, it sucks that he's leaving now after spending eight seasons, you know, being that shutdown corner, you know, quote unquote, but he's getting up there in age. Like you said, um, the injuries are starting to continue and that price tag. I mean, when you're looking at this, um, you know, the situation Dolphins are in with the cap, I mean, this was the move to make. I know um, Jake will touch more on the numbers there, but I mean, at the end of the day, um, the Dolphins had to do what they had to do. And I'm going to be rooting for Xavier Howard elsewhere because um, when times were dark as Miami Dolphin fans, right, we were accustomed to set. Maybe I'm wrong. I, again, my perceptions all over the place, but when we were seven and nine, you know, these mediocre teams, Xavier Howard was that one pro, you know, that all pro player, Jake, we always talk about Madden, man. He's that superstar player that we had for so many years when everything else looked dark. So you wish him the best of luck, um, unless it's in the AFCs, but um, it's a move that had to be made. And now we just have to wonder who's going to step up in his absence, because that's a pretty big hole to fill when Xavier Howard was healthy. It was a crazy 180 that happened. You know, Brian Flores gets here in 2019. We understood how abysmal that defense was. And that was X's fourth season in the league. And he only played in five games. It kind of felt like that was another season where they shut it down, where they're like, all right, we'll give Nick Needham a shot. We'll give these other guys a shot on the boundary. And I don't think any of us really expected the 2020 season to really develop into what it was you go out and you grab someone like byron jones to be opposite of Xavier howard and for some reason teams just for some reason wanted to try and test Xavier howard 10 interceptions he batted down 20 balls it was every single game he was out there doing something bananas what was it josh we, we had a uh, tracker going for this i think what was it 30 something straight games with a turnover in that brian flores defense a lot of that was just x's ability to get those 1v1 matchups and really take advantage of them something i did think was interesting and i don't want to spend too much time on this and we could even chalk it up as like a one-off comment but xavian howard this year in, in vic fangio's system um Josh, you wrote a story for the Finsider about how Jalen Ramsey uh, said goodbye to Xavier Howard and, and kind of hinted that Vic Fangio wasn't using him correctly. Do you guys kind of think back to these interviews that Xavier Howard had? Because, I mean, there were times uh, he had his interception of Mac Jones. He said that this defense puts them in a position to make plays. And then there are other times where he was like Jalen Ramsey having to say, these guys know what we're capable of, what's going on here. So do you think anything was going on there or was it just um, – I'm just going to speak my mind to the media every single time. And if it's not a consistent message, oh, well. You know, it, it could have been as simple as the defense playing well early in the year. And then they started to falter a little bit towards the end. And, and maybe he gets a little frustrated and, and maybe, you know, there were things that these players were willing to overlook regarding Fangio's coaching style earlier in the year when things are going well. And then as the screws start to come loose, these are the types of things that, you know, when you're asked about them, you decide to be a little more honest about and, and open up a, a little bit more. And, and, you know, we're pseudo journalists over here. Jake, you're a real journalist, so I'm not going to lump you in with, with Josh and I. But that's the type of player you want to talk to, right? You want to talk to the guy who's going to be honest with you and not just, you know, spout the old uh, athlete athlete cliches of, of one game at a time. And, you know, we got to review the tape and yada, yada, yada. So I'm not going to fault Xavier for being honest later in the year if he was frustrated uh, with the way this defense was going. But, you know, Fangio's gone and now Xavier's gone too. So so we have uh, a Jalen Ramsey here. He gave Xavier props on the way out. Uh, there will always be that, you know, what if uh, yep. that you look back on when you think of Ramsey and Howard together. If they could have just stayed healthy, if Ramsey could have started the season healthy, if Howard could have finished the season healthy, would it have been different? Would they have made a difference? Because, I mean, just put those two names next to each other, Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard. They should have been the most dominant cornerback duo in the National Football League. They should have been the best cornerback duo in Miami Dolphins history. And I know that's sacrilege for some when you talk about uh certain and madison but uh but but it it 
Ramsey and Howard absolutely could have been that. Uh, and we never got to see it. And we never will get to see it, barring anything unforeseen happening, you know, in the future. Xavier coming back after a, a one-year sabbatical. You know, it happened with Jason Taylor uh, at once upon a time. So we'll n- never say never. But, uh, yeah, there'll, there'll always be that part of me that wonders, man, what could have been if they would have just stayed healthy? And I hate to be that guy, and I'm not claiming he's on the same level because – um, let's be honest, Jalen Ramsey has always been on top of that. But that's the same way Byron Jones was. I mean, we were all posting Patrick Sertan and Sam Madison um, memes. We saw how dominant they looked when they were on the field together. So um, you're always going to wonder what if with that to the next level, you're always going to wonder um, what if with Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard. Um, you know, it's pure speculation, but I-, I think a lot of it might just be the way Vic Fangio and, you know, that I don't want to say the age gap, but, you know, probably the way he didn't even take um, into consideration what the uh, – defensive backs coach and secondaries coach and different coordinators wanted you know I just think maybe that rubbed the players the wrong way and like you said when you're winning games um all that can be forgiven but once you start to spiral out of control once you lose faith down at the end of the season you know once we see this thing sputter you know I mean we were trying to get up that hill and we just could not do it um that's when you're starting to hear things like this so um, what if, man? We're always going to wonder what if Jalen Ramsey, you know, Vic Fangio, um, Xavier Howard, we can name off all the players in that defense. What if they all came together for one season? What would happen? And sadly, we just had one injury after another. So Xavier Howard's cap hit for next season was going to be $25.5 million. Instead, he'll be designated as a post-June 1st cut. So post-June 1st, the Dolphins will get $18.5 million in cap savings, which doesn't help them anytime in the foreseeable future, especially when you're about to walk into the new year. Um, before we get to the money, though, uh, but my final thought here, and I'd like to get your guys' impression, it did kind of seem like the Dolphins, very publicly, were signaling that, hey, Xavier, we'd love to keep you around. We'd love for you to take some sort of pay cut. Um uh, Kind of just the Homer in me, the, the fan in me kind of wanted to see Xavier Howard maybe do like the uh, the parents saying, um, I don't know, we'll see. But in reality, you know, they're going to work out something behind the scenes. Uh, but from the moment the season ended, it was kind of obvious. Xavier Howard was like, nope, no chance. I am going to take any sort of pay cut. You're going to cut me. Go right ahead. I totally get him for doing it, but it, there, there was that part of me that was so hoping that slowly we'd see things work out and we could get Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey round two, uh, some sort of way. That would have been nice. Absolutely would have been nice. But Xavier Howard has Just always no. been a man about his money. We saw that a couple years ago with the holdout. Uh, I think we all kind of thought he was a goner at that point. I was not expecting a deal to get done two years ago when he was holding out. So at least we got a couple more years of X, but yeah. In my opinion, there was no chance Xavier Howard was ever going to take a pay cut. He's got kids to feed, man, lots of them. So that that's 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 where he's going. He's gonna he's gonna find a way to do that. He's gonna go somewhere and and try to make a decent amount of money. Do you guys think wherever Xavier goes next season, he's going to get paid? You know, obviously not the twenty five million that he was gonna get paid in Miami this this season. But do you think he's gonna get paid like a true? lockdown shutdown number one corner what's do you still have the the franchise tag numbers for for players up on the the computer there jake i'd love to know what the franchise tag for the cornerback is this year because that's an average of what like the top five salaries in the league that's where they get those franchise tag numbers and so at that point we could we could kind of take a look at 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 what that number would be do you have it jake 20 mil so 20 okay great 20 mil nice round figure there do, do either of you think wherever Xavier goes this season, be it Houston, where uh, it's rumored he would like to be, um, or, or any other team, do you think he's going to make $20 million this season? On a one-year deal, uh, God, I, I don't think so. I think if Xavier Howard was to see any sort of number near 20, it'd have to be a multi-year deal where he's getting paid kind of with the Dolphins and with Jalen Ramsey. That first year, I think Ramsey last year, million cap hit. I I wish I had that in front of me, but I don't. I think that's the only way we see something like that happening for Xavier Howard is first year, maybe he makes five, six million. And then there's maybe two years on the back of that where it's 20 million, 30 years of, you know, team option, something along those lines. Uh, Looking at it real quickly, one, two, three, four, five, six, nine teams have over uh, $50 million. The commanders are first slightly under $80 million. God, if I'm the commanders, I, I don't imagine paying a quarter of my open cap space just to kind of spend uh, or acquire Xavier Howard. Yeah, that 
that uh, I don't know, man. That's a lot of money to spend on a guy like Xavier <laughs> Howard. Xavier Howard, he's just older. He's older. He's aging. He's he's been injury prone as of late. His play hasn't matched his salary. And I almost wonder the reason why I asked this. I almost wonder if Xavier's going to wish he would have taken a pay cut with the Miami Dolphins. I wonder what number they were floating in his direction. Um, you know, Hey, can we, can we get this 25 down to closer, closer to like 16 mil, 17 million? Can you, can you give us $8 million back, $9 million back? Something that we can use to, to help pay Christian Wilkins and, and get him on this defense. And we can all, uh, you know, make another old college try at the, at the Super Bowl. I wonder if he is going to get a deal less than that and goes, damn, I should have just taken that cut that the Dolphins were offering. I wouldn't have had to move the family. I could have stayed in sunny South Florida instead of moving to Chicago or, or someplace like that where it gets cold all the time and windy and snowy. You know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I think we're kind of all in agreement that he's not sniffing that $25 million, let alone the $20 million for, you know, the average of the top five paid cornerbacks in the league. Yeah, I can't see it happening, but we're sitting here talking about the cap going up and, you know, these players want to ask for more. So, you know, stranger things have happened, right? If it's a – I don't, can't even sit here and fathom. Two, three-year deal, depending on how it's structured, maybe a team front I, – you know, I have no idea. So I'm not going to sit here and say it won't happen, but I would be pretty surprised. And I was even going to ask, do you think, you know, he goes out there, tests the market, and then he's looking at the Dolphins like, okay, um, uh, what offer did you want to give me? Can I come back? Because, um, let's be honest. I mean, he had to like what he had here with Miami. Um, we're talking about how he's playing and the injuries and things like that. Let's be honest. His game has completely dropped off a little bit, had a 56.1 overall take PFF for what – it is 63.9 against run, 51.9 in coverage. So this isn't the same Xavier Howard. Might not get that big deal. But, again, we've been preparing for this for, you know, Merrick said, what, four or five years ago. So here we are now. Xavier Howard, we wish you the best of luck. I wonder, I mean, if you're in his situation, you just spent eight years in Miami, is the change of scenery and this goodbye, like, 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 like just end it, worth to maybe make – two, three million dollars less than if he was to accept that 16 million dollars with Miami. Cause I'm just trying to think, you know, if I've been somewhere for so long and and I do kind of take that stand of um, I don't want to take a pay cut, I do kind of wonder if you'd say look at New England or another team with some cap space and say, yeah, I'll do 13 mil just to kind of show them type of thing at that point. Um I just because it God, I, I don't even want to make up this fan fiction here, but I, I just kind of do wonder if it's it's goodbye now. I don't, I don't know if I see a world where he would come back and say, well, you guys would give me an extra $2 million. I don't know if he'd ever be someone to swallow his pride like that. But it, but it's definitely an interesting topic. And, and one final note, Merrick, I'll let you go. But uh, housekeeping, the Dolphins have 44 players under contract currently. That's the lowest in the league. The Lions are second at 45, Chargers third at 49. Well, you know, going back to your Xavier Howard point, I do think he is a prideful man, and I do think he would kind of jump at the opportunity to stick it to the Dolphins if he could. Um, whether he'll be able to do that or not, whether these teams will be interested or not, we don't know yet. But it'll be an interesting offseason, and, you know, outside of Dolphins news, that'll be something that I kind of keep my eye on to see where he ends up. Josh, I saw you post a bunch of uh, Xavier Howard things that uh, are clips that you shared on Twitter um, at Houts. Be sure you're following him. Josh, as we wrap up Xavier Howard talk, was there one highlight, maybe something we haven't talked about yet that uh, that really sticks out as one of his uh, doper moves? Yeah, I don't know if it – I mean, I'll say the highlight that really stood out to me, but I just went back and I was just seeing people post different things, and I'm like, well, shit, man, you probably have a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't post half of them. But um, to me, it was just the way, right, he would just – almost be in a receiver's pocket and almost trail them until he saw the ball come out. And then he would just, it was his trailing speed, his closing speed on that ball. That was just second to none. But if you're asking me which one stood out, it has to be that one handed grab. I think it was even against Tyree kill. I mean, that one, I think the dolphins may have been wearing their throwbacks one-on-one where Tyree kill uh, went up one handed interception. So, um, you know, Xavier Howard at one point, he's a very rare type of cornerback. So, um, hopefully he can get back to that level. So that would be it, Jake. Just his ability to, you know, pretty much take over uh, an entire wide receiver, take over, erase him, and just the closing speed. I mean, it was pretty impressive to watch during his eight seasons here in Miami, and now we're going to have to watch it elsewhere. Starting to move forward a little bit. The Dolphins are going to be getting $18.5 million in cap savings come June 1st. Josh, you mentioned that uh, draft that you're going to have to pay for. 
I think that's going to be about $10 million. It really does plummet. However, if they do decide to go crazy, trade up for a second first round pick there, um, then, then you might be getting a little more expensive. Uh, Merrick, I don't know if you saw this, but some things to consider. Connor Williams, his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, uh, said that Connor's going to wait and take his time before signing with a new team. Do you think that he might be waiting till June as in waiting? <laughs> Certainly possible. Certainly possible, but there's always danger in doing that. Um, you know, he obviously he has to recover that ACL and, and prove that he is past that injury and able to, you know, be a quality starter for whatever team signs it signs him be be that the Dolphins or or another team. But there's always a little danger because the NFL draft happens in late April, which is a month and a few days ahead of June 1st. Uh, And there are quite a few centers that look like promising starters, you know, this upcoming season as rookies. And I think the Dolphins will be looking at some of those guys. We've talked about uh, JPJ, Jackson Powers Johnson. I think I got it right this time. Sorry about that. Uh, but there's other guys too. Zach Frazier uh, is a center that a lot of people have been talking about. He could be the consolation prize for whatever team misses out on JPJ. Um, there, there's Graham Barton of Duke. Guys talking about him. Cedric Van Pran of, of Georgia. Uh, yeah, doesn't that sound like like a kick-ass center's name? I'm Cedric Van Pran. You know what I mean? Like that's cool. I like that. But th- there's Tanner Bordellini out of Wisconsin. There are guys in this draft that you could plug and play day one and they could be your starter for at least the next four or five years on their rookie deal. But hell, if everything goes well, they could be your, your starter for the next 15 years. So in all honesty, I'm kind of out on Connor Williams. I know we talked about this uh, earlier uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, Josh mentioned it, our, our, our tag cut and, and sign long-term episode we did. And I believe I was tagging, Connor Williams signing Robert Hunt to a long-term deal and letting Christian Wilkins walk. I'm not doing that anymore. I think I'm letting Connor Williams walk. I am tagging Christian Wilkins. I'm still signing Robert Hunt to a long-term deal, but I've got my eye with that number 21 overall pick first round pick first time. The Dolphins have had one of those in a long time. I have my eye on a center. I have that being JPJ. And if he's unavailable, Maybe we can do a little trade down scenario into the the early 30s, pick up an extra, you know, late second, early third round pick, um, grab our center with that pick in the early 30s. I'd love a Zach Frazier there. And then, you know, fill some other holes with that extra draft pick because the Dolphins desperately need draft picks. This is a really good draft class, according to all of the experts out there. And the Dolphins find themselves with only a first round pick and a second round pick before they're waiting until I believe pick 157 in the fifth round after pick 55 there. So that's a long time to wait. I'd love to see them pick up another draft pick. So Connor Williams, you wait till June. That'll get you your money. Go somewhere else. I'm solid. All right. I'm, I'm tagging Christian Wilkins. I'm signing Robert Hunt and I'm drafting my center now after letting Connor Williams walk. The thing here, though, sorry sorry to step on your toes, Josh. Both Connor Williams and JPJPJPJP uh, have experience playing guard. So so yeah. why why aren't you doing both? Well, for me personally, man, and, and I'm sure we're going to get into this as we get closer to the draft, I am enamored with so many offensive linemen in this draft that my first-round pick is a center, my second-round pick is a guard, and I'm re-signing Robert Hunt, and my offensive line is solidified. I didn't mention him earlier, but mm-hmm. Troy Fautanu has guard and tackle flexibility. I would love Troy Fautanu in the first round, start him at left guard, and then when Teron Armstead leaves as a post-June 1 cut next year, because that has to happen when you look at the mathematics on that, I'm sliding Fautanu up to the left side, and now he's my starting left tackle, and then I'm drafting another guard to, to take over for him. So I am all about the offensive line this offseason. I hope Chris Greer is taking it far more seriously than he was last offseason when I believe he laughed at all of us while looking uh, into a, a camera and said, we care more than he does. And then, you know, that offensive line 
started out hot, but kind of faltered towards the end there. And injuries were a big part of that. But uh, uh, that's that's where my head's at. So a little sneak peek when we get into our mock draft episodes uh, in the coming weeks. But I'm going center first round, guard second round. There's a lot of quality prospects out there. It, it And you have to remember, that doesn't happen every year. Every year you hear about how weak of an offensive line class it is Mm -hmm. and how the college ranks aren't getting these guys prepared for NFL football. That's not the case this year. This is the year you load up on offensive linemen, in my opinion, and that's exactly what I'd be doing if I were Chris Greer. Yeah, and the same people said that you probably shouldn't, uh, you know, you should trust the process with uh, Vic Fangio and not moving around Jalen Ramsey. So sometimes, you know, it it all works out as uh, the fan base um, does say. I was going to sit here and say I'm all for sitting there and keeping Connor Williams on speed dial. I mean, he's not going to get paid as much as he would have, you know, as a free agent if he had a healthy season. He's coming back from the injury. He's familiar with Miami. You bring him back, you know, at worst he's your center. At worst, or I guess at worst he's playing guard, you know. I guess at worst he's your center, right? You want JPJ. I want JPJ at worst in here. I'm he's pretty depth, and Liam so, yeah. has a dope beard and he's good. <laughs> yeah. So so either way, you're bringing him back for one year. Maybe, you know, I, I can't imagine signing for anything more than that. And then you're solidifying the left guard spot over a Liam Eikenberg, perhaps, or um, if he has to jump in there at center in case, um, you know, JPJ is not ready to go. Whatever it is, I'd rather have Connor Williams there if the money's right. Um, so I'd keep him on speed dial. Um, but definitely interesting to see that, um, you know, he's not going to be quite ready with that injury and he's going to hold out and see. Because then at that point, right, it's just going to be a team that has an injury and they might just throw a whole crap load of money at Connor Williams because he's the best available center available. The th- that that's interesting. And I think that's a good point. I just do like the idea that the Dolphins are going to get that um, uh, boost post June one to something they could also do is maybe that's when you start discussing a Jalen Phillips, a Jalen Waddle type contract uh, extension. When you consider that Jalen Waddle's fifth year extension is about 16 mil and Jalen Phillips is about 13 mil. Maybe you kind of kick the can with both of them and you say, Javon Holland, you don't have the option to have a fifth year option. We got to make sure we sign you uh, first and foremost. So so that could be where the dolphins decide to use that money. Um, One more thing before we wrap up here, I'm actually I didn't think we'd go this long, but I mean, you think about Xavier Howard's career, how great he's been. Um, the salary cap is really a adjusting topic as we get closer to the new year. And guys, Emmanuel Agba will not be on the team next year. Um, I had to double take because it took me a second to realize he he was actually here for a long time. He was in Miami for four seasons. He is being cut um, $4 million in dead money. That means the team will save uh, $10 million on the salary cap. Merrick, not a lot of surprise with this one either. No, no, not a lot of surprise. You could kind of see the writing on the wall there. And I think he did too. You know, he had a couple cryptic tweets late in the year. He had a, I believe he was a healthy, healthy scratch uh, one game, you know, and honestly, it turned out they could have used him in that game. I believe Uh, he had his chance after that with all the defensive end injuries and still didn't do it. That that would kill him. Sorry to steal your spot. That that made me super frustrated. Absolutely. And Ogba kind of went the way of Xavier Howard, you know, two, three, four years ago, Emmanuel Ogbo was one of the best players on the Miami Dolphins defense and, and the, he gets a, a, a big money extension and then kind of falls off a cliff and you hate when that happens. That is not the way you want to spend your money. And like you said, writing was on the wall. He wasn't going to be a Miami Dolphin next, next year. Not with that cap hit. Um, you know, he's a solid contributor, but if you're relying on Emmanuel Ogbo to be your number one edge rusher, then you got problems. And, and the Dolphins, thankfully, have some good young pass rushers in Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips, obviously coming off the injuries. We've talked about that ad nauseum at this point. But either way, with those guys being hurt, you weren't going to keep an Emmanuel Agba at that salary. So he'll he's not going to sniff that again for the rest of his career, but he'll get a decent chunk of change to go somewhere and be a rotational pass rusher and probably not you know a 75% snap taker on any defensive line around the NFL. Yeah, I mean, and I, I do have to remember going back and being pretty stoked on what Emmanuel Agba meant to this defense at one time. So I'm not going to sit here and try to crap on him, but I mean, he had 18 sacks his first two years, then signed that contract extension, like you said, only six and a half over the last uh, two seasons, 20 tackles this year. Um, to me, you said that he's not going to be that guy that you want as your number one pass rusher. But for me, he wasn't supposed to be that this year. And I still wish Vic Fangio would have found a way. So, um, you know, we look back at Mike Kosicki and we say, okay, uh, Mike McDaniel's this offensive guru. Why couldn't he find a way to utilize um, Mike Kosicki? You're probably going to say, say a similar thing with uh, 
Nick Fangio, why couldn't you find a way to use Emmanuel Agba, especially when you got, we talked about on the last pod, Christian Wilkins playing X amount of snaps. You had injuries here and there. I mean, it wasn't until you absolutely needed to use Emmanuel Agba until he was out there. So we saw the writing on the wall. We knew this was going to happen. Wish him the best of luck. But um, the Dolphins got, like you guys mentioned, two very good pass rushers in Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb. Um, unfortunately, those guys are injured. So we're going to see who steps up at the beginning of next season. But that's a long ways from now. Something we've talked about time and time again is if you want to get paid, it goes down to the sacks. And you guys mentioned it. He had 18 sacks, nine in each of his two first seasons in Miami when he was on a pretty solid deal. And it did seem like a minutes to midnight scenario when he did sign that extension um, in 2022 because it was during that window where players could negotiate with other teams. And I think it was actually that Wednesday when players could start signing elsewhere. It was that morning. I believe that Agba decided to return to Miami. Considering that the Dolphins are in another spot like this, where it's going to be hard to keep these um, middle-class level free agents, is there someone who that the Dolphins might be talking to that you're hoping they bring back? But it might be another scenario like this where the uh, emotions, the feelings are kind of getting in your way of um, Agba being a solid player, but clearly uh, the contract extension, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. I mean, you you brought his name up early in this episode, Jake. It has to be Andrew Van Ginkle for me. Um, I think there's people out there that think he's going to get like a, a ridiculous amount of money. I'm not necessarily, you know, on that train. I think he'll get a good chunk of change, seven, eight million a year. And if the Dolphins can find a way to fit that into their cap, I think, uh, you know, he's always been such a high motor guy, such a, a relentless energetic player every time he hits the field something good happens and you know again we've talked about it a lot but with the Chubb and Phillips injuries you're going to need somebody to step up early in the year and he's somebody who the Dolphins can trust because he's done it before and I would just love to see you know Gink back in that aqua and orange kind of wreaking havoc on on opposing quarterbacks yeah, and I'm not gonna sit here and pretend I know Andrew Van Ginkle but he just seems like one of those guys that would take a I don't want to say a I, a, a fair deal with the Dolphins, right? If they gave it to him, and like you mentioned, we would absolutely need him. As soon as Jake said, is there one player that you want the Dolphins to bring back? I think we talked about him on the last pod, and my I just kind of blacked down. That's all I heard. I went with Deshaun Elliott. I don't know that he's going to be sitting here fighting for big money on the open market. He's not a guy that, you know, probably has any Ill, Ill will towards the Dolphins, but um, I think that secondary was much better with Deshaun Elliott in there. So that's a play, That's a guy that I think could go under the radar that a lot of fans are just – I don't know if they're overlooking them because there we have so many players that we need to figure out something to do with here. But Deshaun Elliott in that secondary, I, I want to see that back in Miami. But Andrew Van Ginkle, if that popped up on our phone, we'd all be doing Willy Wonka heel clicks, right? We'd be like, let's go, baby, getting our um, yellow Van Halen or uh, AVG wigs on. I'll dye my hair blonde. <laughs> do it! Elliot's an interesting one because I think it would be a, a good deal. I think that's a that's a position the Dolphins could probably lock up another one year, uh, four million dollar contract, something similar to that he had last year, and just keeping that continuity in the secondary would be a nice bonus for the unit as well. I was thinking about is Andrew Van Ginkle that guy? Like, are you going to fall for the cheese? But considering the injuries to Bradley uh, Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips, I don't I don't know if he falls in that category. God, everyone's going to get mad at this, but what's the odds that that type of player, the one where, you know, you loved them, there was some great moments, maybe they flew headfirst into the end zone uh, after they, kept, they, they recovered a fumble. Are there any other players that maybe could possibly fall into that category of it would be better if we just draft the replacement? Maybe I'm hinting at Robert Hunt here. <laughs> I mean, Robert Hunt, I – you were kind of talking about mid-level free agents. I don't think that defines what Robert Hunt is about to get this offseason. I think he's about to get a good chunk of change here. Um, but I would be ecstatic if we could get Robert Hunt back in the mix. And I feel like he's the type of guy that you want to do that with. You know, like he, he he's a young guy, uh, you know, also similar to Andrew Van Ginkle, just a, just a high energy, high motor guy, always doing the best he can for this team. And I feel like, you know, eventually – you got to start keeping some of these players, you know, you got to keep some of your own and it, it sends a bad message. If you're always letting your own free agents walk and trying to replace them with other guys, what do you mean always? I, who has uh, that happened with? Well, I mean, not recently, but uh, you know, it, it does happen with the Miami dolphins here. And, and it wasn't necessarily that they were letting people walk, but you know, they traded Minka Fitzpatrick after that, that relationship with Brian Flores, went sour a little bit there. And and I would just, I would really like them to be able to keep a guy who's as cool, as fun, and as 
good of a football player as Robert Hunt is. So if I'm looking at, at the options, if I'm I'm reviewing this, like I said, I, I think I want to keep Robert Hunt. I think I want to keep Christian Wilkins now that we have the extra space. And another guy like like Connor Williams, who was kind of a, a hired gun and a, an assassin drafted by another team, and we poached him and signed him to a two-year deal. He can go sign a two-year deal with somebody else, man. Let, let's keep the continuity with our core youngsters, and let's try and build on that. I'm just glad I'm getting to that age where I'm starting to, you know, understand that's a business, right? And not you have your heart, have a dagger going through it every time one of these players walks and goes elsewhere. Jake, I honestly thought with the AVG thing, you were going to play devil's advocate. I mean, last year he was on the open market. Um, I think maybe the New England Patriots want to give him some money. But besides from that, I don't know how much his interest uh, was out there. I don't know how I don't know how much interest will have out on the open market. How much different was this season going to, you know, how much more money is he going to make after the season he had compared to before? I mean, he did have a very good year. I could see that going up, but um, I thought you were playing devil devil's advocate there and saying if he wasn't that uh, coveted last season on the open market, what changed this year? And um, I, I really don't know if I have an answer for that. What, what's changed this year is the injuries. That That's the only reason I, I can't really play devil's advocate with AVG because I, I genuinely buy into the idea of not only are you getting talent, you're getting a little flexibility, and you're getting continuity with someone who was drafted by the team. That's why I went in the Robert Hunt direction because right guard, I wouldn't necessarily call it a premier position. And if we're going through these scenarios every couple of years, we got to cut some guys. And when you look at something like Emmanuel Agba, you know, we waited to the last minute to resign them um, and you felt good about it. But then halfway through the year, you trade for Bradley Chubb and all of a sudden things feel different. I'm not trying to hate on Robert Hunt at all here. I think he's an awesome player. That's where I'm trying to play devil's advocate a little bit because it would be a nice chunk of change for a right guard. And when you're talking about um, can we re-sign Jalen Phillips and Javon Holland, um, well, we have you know our right guard making $17 million a year. That's going to be in the discussion as well. Again, not trying to hate. I think if they do assign Robert Hunt, I'm not going to be upset at that whatsoever. But that's just one of those um, awkward paths I think you could find the Dolphins slipping down. Interesting offseason ahead, and we're only just beginning. But, hey, we got each other, man, and we got all our listeners out there, and we're going to get through it all together. And, and these these are, are, are fun times to be Dolphins fans. I, I was just going to say I would absolutely be pissed off if they didn't bring Robert Hunt back. I know you're saying that you shouldn't pay a right guard that, but I don't know why. I kind of always view him also as a right tackle, an elite right guard, a guy that can also jump over there, play tackle. Again, um, I just think – you can't let those players go. And I guess my, we're getting ready to get going. So we Great won't even talk time. about it, but yeah. So devil's advocate is, I don't even think that uh, Chris Greer could draft a guard if we're being completely honest. Boys, you have said it all. That is all the time we have today on another Dolphins podcast. Thank you so much for joining in. We will be back later this week with another show, but until then, it's up. It's up, baby. It's up. It's up.